Go with me to Matthew 28. I want to talk to you about the importance of sharing the hope that you have in Jesus. I want to talk to you today about the importance of sharing your faith with those who don't know Jesus. Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20 reads this way. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. Let's read that again. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Thank you, Papa, for your word. Declare it today to me and to all of us, God. Anoint us to receive it and hear it and preach it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Here is the great commission given to us by the Lord Jesus. As he's leaving his disciples about to ascend to glory, he gives us this great command. Go make disciples. This is not an option. This is not an alternative. And this is not a suggestion. This is God's will for you and I. This is God's will for every person who says that they are a Christian. This is God's will for every born-again believer who has repented of their sins and called out to Jesus for salvation. What is the will of God for you? That you would share the good news that you received. What is, it that God, what is the good news? That God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for your sins, so that if you would repent of your sins and believe in Him for salvation, that you would be saved. But it doesn't end there. Not only would you be saved, but He promises that He will fill you with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will instruct you on how to live, but it doesn't end there. The Holy Spirit will not only instruct you how to live, but the Holy Spirit will live through you. So that now you don't live according to just your heartbeat, but you live according to the heartbeat of the Father in heaven. Therefore, now you're not living just by your strength, but by, by, by the strength of God the Father. This is the gospel. This is the good news that you are to share. What is that good news? That you and I were broken. You and I were worthless, but Jesus loved us, died for our sins, saved us, and filled us with his Holy Spirit. And now we have hope, and now we have peace. You know what? Even though we go through a bunch of stuff, just like the rest of the world, we have joy. Because we know that eternally we belong to him, and we will be with him no matter what happens here on earth. That's the good news. And you and I have a different story of how to share the good news. Some of us would say, you know what? I was an addict. And in my addiction, Jesus came to me and he saved me from my addiction. Some of us would say, I thought my life was fine. Everything was okay financially. Everything was all right. But then I realized that I was still empty and I needed God. And in my emptiness, I turned myself to God and said, Jesus, I need you. Some of you may say my marriage was a mess. My life was a mess. I didn't know my left from my right. And in a moment of deep depression, I just cried out to God, are you there? And he saved me. And now I'm here because of his grace. We all have different stories. 
My story is that as at 16 years old, I was a rebellious kid who heard another teenager say, Jesus loves you, he has a plan for your life. And those words convicted me so much that I couldn't stay the same. It changed me from the inside. Those words began to convict me so deeply I couldn't do sin anymore because I didn't enjoy sin anymore. God began a new work in me. God's called us to raise up our voice, to raise up our lives in such a way that we're an example, that we share the good news with those that surround us. So he says, you're a city set on a hill. You can't hide a city set on a hill. You're the light of the world. You don't put a light under a table. Your story needs to be heard. Why? Because your story is his story. It's the story of the love of God redeeming your life. So being a Christian, being a disciple of Jesus, means not only that you're growing and getting to know him, but it also means that you're growing in sharing your faith with others. There's no such thing as a Christian not called to share his faith. We are all called to share the good news. We're all called to be evangelists, in the sense that we all are called to share our stories with others. So how are we growing in this? Are we growing in sharing our witness with others? Are we growing in building relationships with those who may not know Jesus, who need hope, who need peace, who need to receive the mercy and forgiveness of God? Are we waking up in the morning with a longing to share this good news that we receive with others? Or are we just going through the motions? You know, there is such a thing as a Christian ghetto. A spiritual Christian ghetto. And we can get stuck in there. And I'm going to tell you what that's defined by, or how I define that. Christian ghetto is a place where we come to church only for what we can receive, and not for what God calls us to give. Right? We can so often just come to church and think about, well, what am I going to get from it? What am I going to get from church folk? What am I going to get from church life? Instead of believing what the Word says, blessed is more blessed to give than to receive. Think about that. Christian ghetto can also be defined as retreating from building relationships with people who don't know Jesus and only having relationships with those who think and act like us and have the same doctrines as us. That's retreating. The Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That means Dallas, Brenda, that means Tony, that you and I are called by God to step out of the four walls of the church, go into the world, and share the good news. Right? Christian ghetto can also be described as going from church to church. Going from church to church. You know, and, 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 and replanting ourselves rather than building others and growing others in the Lord. I don't want to be stuck in a Christian ghetto. Oftentimes I hear things like, well, I'm looking for the church that fits me just right. I, I'm, shop, I'm, I'm shopping for churches, Pastor. I'm shopping for the right church. And I want to let you know that's an American perspective and an American privilege. We say that because we have freedom. We say that because there's so many churches all over. But is that really the talk or the walk of the kingdom? I want you to understand that it's important that we find the place where God called us to be and the place where we believe God's called us to be. But that's totally different than shopping for the church who has all the benefits and all the applications and all the upgrades we're looking for. The church is not a cell phone. The church is the kingdom of God. And instead of wondering, 
what church has the best for us, we need to ask God, what church did you call us to be? What church did you call us to be in? And so our consumer mindset can sometimes get in the way of us doing what God's called us to do. Number one, love God and love others. Love God and love others. Let's talk about that, love others. Are you sharing the good news? Are you sharing the good news with those who do not believe? How do we grow? How do I grow in my ability to be a good witness? This is what I want to share with you because we all need to grow. I need to grow. You need to grow. How do I grow in sharing my faith with others? Number one, first thing we have to do is ask God to give us his heart for those who don't know him. Are you with me? Number one, ask God to give us his heart for those who don't know him. I want you to look at the Bible and read the Gospels. And notice, who did Jesus really get along with? He got along with people who were on the outside. He got along with people who were not received. He got along with people who were rejected. He got along, along with people who were treated like parasites, misfits. Who didn't Jesus get along with? Church folk? <laughs> the religious institution that were so good, so great, that they didn't need Jesus anymore. Right? I want you to think about that and let that permeate your thoughts. Sometimes... I hear people say things, well, I don't have relationships with people who don't know Jesus because I want to keep surrounding myself with people who speak life to me. And, And that's great. That's good news. But what about them? What if the Christian who brought you to Jesus didn't surround himself with you? Where would you be? Ask God to give you the heart that you need to have for those who don't know him. Why? So that you can honor them? so that you can have reverence, respect them, even if they don't believe like you, so that you can love them as he loves them, so that you have the wisdom to reach them as God wants you to reach them. Number one, ask God to give you his heart for those who don't know him. Number two, you ready? Live a life that honors God. St. Francis Assisi said this, preach the gospel. And if you have to, use words. You want to be the best witness you can be for Jesus? Live a life that says you live for Jesus. And I want you to do that at work with your boss. And you know that one co-staff next to you that gets on your nerves? The one you even pray to God will fire somehow? (laughs) You know, one guy that you've been saying, God, remove me from him. Lord, I just want to slap him. I want you to pray differently. I want you to think differently. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, 9 through 10, do not grow weary in doing good because in its due season you will bear fruit. Let me tell you something. There are some difficult people around us that God called us to love. There are some unbearable situations around us that God's called us to be in. There are some workplaces that I am aware are very difficult to be in, but God's called us to continue to do good in those environments. We may not see the outcome right away, but it's going to come up. Just remember, sometimes it's time to plant a seed. You're not going to see a tree right away. Sometimes it's just time to prepare the ground. You're not going to see fruit right away. 
Sometimes you just got to wait for rain. You're not going to see fruit right away. But you got to get involved in the whole process of planting and reaping for the Lord. If you go to my house, you'll notice that I have no reason to cut my grass. The reason why I have no reason to cut my grass, Sam, is because I don't have grass. I just have weeds. Right? The sun has killed everything, and all I have is weeds. So when it rains, I'm bummed because I'm not going to get green grass. I'm going to get gnarly stuff growing, right? It's just like, what is that? I've never even seen weed like that. That's horrible. What's, pastor, do something. I got something that's like this tall. Okay, don't judge me. <laughs> Let's not let our spiritual witness reflect my grass is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> it's a great point here. Listen, if you're sowing seed, like, like a song says, if you're sowing seed, when it's time for rain, you will rejoice. Right? If you're sowing seed and you're doing good, this is what I mean to say. You're sowing seed by the way that you live and sharing the good news by the way that you act. At one point or another, God's going to give you an opportunity to share the good news with others, to reap a harvest. Are you with me? When people see that you live for Jesus, that you honor them, that you respect them, that you listen to them, at one point, there's going to be a crisis, there's going to be a storm, there's going to be a rain in in their life. And God may want to use you to be that pivotal person that brings them to them. If something were to happen in your, in your co-worker's life or in your boss's life or in your employer's life, if they were to go through a crisis right now in their hearts, if they think of you, would they think this is someone I can talk to or would they think this is someone I need to run away from? That's a hard one, ain't it? It's a difficult one because some co-workers... We are convinced they're sent by hell themselves. I mean, it's a, what in the world? I want you to think differently. Think differently. The Bible says that don't know, those who don't know Jesus are held captive to do the enemy's will. And God's called you to bring freedom into their lives. Don't grow t- tired of doing good. Ask God to give you the heart of the Father. Don't grow tired of doing good. Right? Third, pray strategically. Pray consistently. And pray not as an event, but as a lifestyle. That means that I'm going to have in my walk with Jesus a prayer list. Or on my prayer to-do list, I'm going to pray for those who surround me who don't have peace, who don't have joy, who don't have an awareness that they need Jesus in their lives. I'm going to pray for them. Before I say a word, I'm going to pray for them and their family. I'm going to pray for God to unite them. I'm going to pray for for God to bless them. I'm going to pray for God to protect them. But most importantly, I'm going to pray for God to make them aware of the fact that they need him. God, make so-and-so aware that they need you. Just begin to pray strategically. Pray to the Lord, God, how should I pray for so-and-so? How should I pray for them? I don't know how to pray for them, but I know that they don't know you, and I want to pray in a way that honors you. How do I pray for them? Listen, if you ask God to give you his heart, If you make a commitment to live a life worthy before him and you begin to pray for others and ask God, God, help me to pray for others, the Holy Spirit will give you awareness on how to pray. He will let you know. He will let you know. Pray. Before you say a word, strategically pray. And you know what? Don't do it as an event. It's not a one-time thing. It's, It's a daily thing. God has called you to share your story because your story is his story. So you need to think about how do I share, what are the things that I need to do to be able to share the story? 
What, what, is, what is it that I have to do to share the good news? And prayer strategically for those who don't know him that's around you. That matters. That matters. Listen, it's okay if you want to be a missionary to another country, young people. But if you can't be a missionary to your neighbor, if you can't even treat your siblings right, forget the mission field. Don't tell me you want to bring people to Jesus when you get annoyed at your neighbor's grass, your pastor's. <laughs> right? You know, just begin to think about differently about those that surround you who don't know Jesus. How are you being a witness to them when they see you? Do they see someone who's reaching out and saying, I have room for you and my family? Or do they see a gated community? <laughs> when they see you, do they hear in your smile and in the way you treat them, you're welcome into my life. You're welcome into my life. Or do they say, do they hear, beware, stay out. We need to think about that. Something that we have to do, brothers and sisters, if we're going to be a witness for Jesus, we got to count the cost. We got to count the cost. Not everybody will receive the message that we preach. And we have to be okay with that. Something that we miss out on, because we are Americans, you may consider it a blessing or a curse, and there are Christians who stand on both sides of this. You know what we miss out on? We miss out on persecution. Because we're not persecuted for our faith, we seldom count the cost of what it means to follow Jesus. You think about Mao Zedong and what he did in China and the persecution that existed during the tyranny of Mao Zedong. You know that the church grew in the midst of the persecution that existed in that country? In the midst of persecution. There's something that persecution gives a believer, an opportunity to count the cost. I fear that as Americans, sometimes we don't count the cost because we take lightly and for granted the freedom that we have. But have you counted the cost of following Jesus? Have you counted the cost of the fact that if you love Jesus, people will hate you? Have you counted the cost of the fact that there are certain things Jesus taught that if you were to speak today, the world will not like you? Have you accepted the fact that some will not like you? Have you accepted the fact that that comes with consequences? Have you affected the fact that that consequence could be financially? That consequence can be relationally? That consequence could affect your life. Have you accepted it? Have you counted the cost? What will it cost? But I want you to know something. There is a cost. When you have a man from Saudi Arabia, from a predominant Muslim family, who gives his life to Jesus, the moment he says he gives his life to Jesus, he knows that he's also saying, I give up my family life. I give up. Not only do I give up, I also place myself in a place where I may be persecuted because of what I believe. When you say to him, will you receive Jesus as your Savior, you're also saying to him, will you give up your mom and your dad? Would you give up your culture in some sense? Would you give it up for him? It's a difficult thing. And in America, there seems to be this deception that we may think that the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't come without a price. There's a price. There's a price. 
we're going to be good witnesses of Jesus. We've got to count the cost. And understand that the response of others is not our responsibility. If I share the good news and it's not received, that's okay. It's not a reflection on me. It's a reflection on how they feel about him. Right? Now I want you to know, and I want you to hear from me. This does not give you permission to be a jerk. you got to learn to honor people even if they don't believe like you. Man, if you can't love people who disagree with you, you don't know how to love yet. If you can't honor people who have a different point of view than you, then you don't know how to honor anyone. It's easy, the Bible says, to honor those who are yours. They're yours. I mean, that's, that just comes natural. But the kingdom calls you to love people who have different faith, even if they disagree with you. Right? So that, this doesn't give you permission to be a jerk. You have to be honoring, graceful, respectful, and be able to walk away with respect. King Agrippa, as Paul shared the good news with him, he was very respectful. And he said to him at the end, when King Agrippa was not willing to receive, Paul said, I wish you were like me for the exceptions of this chains. Those who don't believe like you, would they say about you, you know what, I don't believe like Tony, but Tony treats me with respect. I like him. He's, he's a guy that I like having around, in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Some people are not going to like you. But can they say with the fruit of your life that you respect them, that you honor them? Now, some people, they're just going to be attackers of the kingdom. But it's so important that you consider how you treat others as you share the good news. Number one, ask God to give you the heart of the Father. Number two, live a life that honors God. Three, got to count the cost. Four, pray strategically. And the last thing, just go. Just go. Just do it. If you're waiting for God to give you the right words, don't hold your breath. You're going to die. Sometimes we wait for God to fill us with this amazing, glorious feeling before we share the good news. Let me tell you, that may never come, but God is still with you, giving you the right words, even though you don't feel it. God is with you. Why? Because he says, and I am with you. As you do my work, I am with you even until the ends of the earth. There's been times where I've shared the good news with people, and it's been like, uh, I just want to let you know that, uh, right? There's some times where you're dealing with fear, all right? And in the midst of that, God can still use you. Just go. Just go. Just do it. Because if you're asking God to give you his heart, if you're counting the cost, if you're living a life that's honoring God, if you're, if you're making a decision to pray strategically, God's going to begin to tell you, hey, Jim, go talk to him. He needs my peace, and I love him. I love him. There's going to be times where the Holy Spirit's going to nudge you. Sometimes you're going to be like, yes. And sometimes you're going to be like, send somebody else, Lord. <laughs> but just go. I want you to envision your life this way. I want you to picture being in heaven and talking to people that have come to the kingdom because you shared the good news with them. I want you to picture that. 
I want you to picture someone coming up to, to you saying, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but one day you just came up to me and said, Jesus loves you, and I cussed you out. Um, but that word never left me. And years later, I gave my life to Christ, and you sowed that seed. I want you to picture that. I want you to think of, hey, you don't know me from a hole in the wall. But uh, one day you were driving on such and such street and you saw a car accident that was almost fatal and you stopped and you prayed for me. God began to work in me that day because you stopped to pray. I'm here today. I want you to think about this. I need you to start thinking eternally here. Count the cost. So what if, if some offend us? It's a win-win-win. If we share the good news and they're saved, praise God, they're saved. If we share the good news and we don't see a result, we sow the seed. If we share the good news and they insult us, the Bible says that the Spirit of God is on us if they insult us. <laughs> it's a win-win-win. Think about it today. Envision. I don't know about you, but when I think of the kingdom, when I think of my life, one of the things that I look forward to is, Lord, I want to be able to look back and say, these people have come to know you because you used me. There's nothing I can take to heaven with me, but I can be used by God to lead people to him. Wow. Get a heart for that. If nothing motivates you, let this motivate you. What if no one shared the truth of Jesus with you? Where would you be? If no one took the time to share that Jesus loves you, where would you be right now? If you would be. Stand with me. The uh, first four lines of a song, we will run unhindered, we will walk unhindered, we will stand victorious, mm. we will declare his fame. That's what we got coming up, folks. That's unhindered. That's what he talked about. Amen. Unhindered. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Matt. Hallelujah. Unhindered. And think about what would hinder us. Our reputation, people not liking us. <laughs> what? Think about what we stand to gain. Think about what we, what we stand to gain. Would you pray with me? Would you bow your heads with me? Would you pray? We want to share this hope and this peace that we have in you, Jesus, with the whole world, with every nation, with every tribe, with every culture. We want to be a church that's not just white or black or Hispanic or whatever. We want to be a church that represents heaven. Not just a church that are people of middle class or working class or poor 
we want to be a church that represents your kingdom. And if we're going to be that church, it's because we're going to learn to love everyone. We're going to learn to love and live a life unhindered for you. Make us soul winners, Jesus. Make us soul winners for you. Make us soul winners for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, even as we're praying or sharing today, you're saying, Pastor, I'd realized that I'm not engaged as I should be in the Great Commission, but I want to be. And I want to welcome the Holy Spirit to help me, to teach me, and to make a commitment to practice these things you talked about. If that's you today, right where you're at, would you raise your hand? Yes. 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 <laughs> the greatest joys of my life have been when I've been able to lead someone to Jesus. I'm telling you, it's like heaven opens right up. And those who have experienced it know what I'm talking about. Lord, look at our hands. All we're saying is we want to be good servants. We want, we want to be good workers, good children to bring people into your family. Oh, God, teach us, equip us. Oh, work in us, Father God, that we would be good witnesses, that we would go and make disciples, Lord God. Bless your kingdom. Father, thank you for convicting us that, you know what, we need to, we need to grow in being good witnesses. Some of us don't know how to build relationships with others who don't know you. Some of us are at a place we don't even know how to go about that. Would you give us wisdom on how to go about that? How do we share our faith, build relationships with those who don't believe as we believe? How do we honor Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus? How do we respect them, love them, and pray for them and share the good news with them? How do we honor atheists, agnostics, blasphemers? And in a way, God, share the good news. They would know that they are loved, that, that they are prayed for. God, make us kingdom representatives, Lord. Make us kingdom representatives. Send us, God, to give the hope that we receive in you. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe you're here today, and this is the last call, and you've heard all this today, and you don't know Jesus. You haven't given your life to the Lord. I want you to hear something. You're loved by God. He's got a plan for your life. He loves you so much that he gave his one and only son to die for your sins. Though he committed no sin, he paid the price for you so that you would be connected with him and have a relationship with him. So today, no matter what you've done or how you feel, maybe you're here and you feel like you're not worthy enough for God. This is what God says, I make you worthy. I love you. I paid the price for you. If you're here today and you're saying, today, I give my life to Jesus. That's you right where you're at. Would you raise your hand? Is there anyone here? Anyone here? Good to see your hand up, sister. Right next to Eunice. Amen. Good to see your hand up, sister. Let's pray for you. Lord, I thank you for my sisters. 
that today come into the kingdom of the family of God. I thank you that whether they be renewing their commitment to you or fresh giving their lives to you, I thank you that you love them and that you embrace them. And you say to them, welcome home. Welcome home. I thank you that today, because we put our faith in you, we have the assurance of your word that you write our names in the Lamb's book of life. And that today there's a celebration because those that, are lo- that were lost are now found. I remind them of your word. Your word says that now the old things pass away and all things become new. So I thank you for their hearts. I thank you that you're giving them a heart of flesh, a heart that's sensitive to your word, and that you, Holy Spirit, will make them holy. You, Holy Spirit, are making them holy and leading them to you. I bless them, and I thank you for them. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, as we leave today, we are your house. We are your people. We pray, send us to the byways and the highways. Send us to the lost and the broken. Give us a heart for those who are hurting. And teach us to be you to them. Teach us to be you to them. Unhindered. Unhindered. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And can you bless God today? Amen. God bless you today. Go be soul winners. Amen. Go be soul winners. God bless you. So at camp, there was a night at service when you talked about how God has um, a purpose for you, right? And then what happened? I think God was telling me to be a missionary in Nigeria, Africa. 
a missionary in Nigeria, Africa. Now, how did you feel like God was telling you that? Like, what happened? Can you tell us just a little bit? When I was praising God, I felt like God was talking to me, and I didn't know what he was saying at first, but later on I got to understand what he was saying. That's so fantastic. So thank the Lord, right? Raising up missionaries and pastors and teachers and businessmen. And we're so, Mia, we're so excited. So would you guys, would we just commit to pray for Mia? As she gets older, I remember when Kimber, Pastor Keith's daughter, was this age, she said, I feel like God's calling me to be a missionary in China, right? And, uh, and it was like, then she was like, not going to be a missionary in China for like 10 years. And then the Lord just brought it back and she's leaving to go to India. And it's just so exciting. So Mia, we are so excited for you. And we're going to keep praying for you. Thank you for sharing. Awesome. All right. What's your name? Titus. So was the same, the same night was your testimony that came from the same night? No. Okay, so did God speak to your heart about something? Um, yeah, I felt like on the first day I didn't really understand what he was saying, but then later on I felt like he was telling me to be a preacher and a missionary in South America. And what else? And a basketball player. A preacher, a missionary in South Africa, and a basketball player. So how do you think maybe all these three things can go together? Any idea? Um, play basketball, get on TV, and then preach about the gospel. <laughs> I think that's a good plan. <laughs> Play for the University of Kentucky, right? Get on TV, and then go be a missionary in South America. That's so, so great. Thank you, Titus. So would you guys continue to pray for Titus and all the kids that went to camp? All right, Ellie, when you come up here? So, Ellie, did you feel like God was telling you something at camp? I felt like God was, like, showing me places but not where. Like, he was showing me, like, you should go there, like, to be a missionary or something. Yeah. Yeah. But he was, like, showing me places, but I didn't know where. That's so great. And do you like? Do you have any uh, picture of what one of those places looked like, or how did he show you that? He like showed me places, but I don't really know where they are okay. mm. or like why. Mm. That's so amazing. That's and you know good. what, guys? Right? There's no junior Holy Spirit. There's just one Holy Spirit, and He wants to fill and call and anoint every single person from our babies all the way up till you're ready to go be with the Lord, right? And so we're we'll just continue to pray for you, Ellie. And this is this is Ellie's last Sunday because her family, as you know, Adam Jones is already in Texas, and Enid and and uh, Jake and Ellie are going to be leaving. So this is their last Sunday. So Ellie, you know what? We just will keep praying for you, bud, because we love you so much. And God has a great plan for your life. Okay? All right. Thanks again.